This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by Noble Knight, where Out of Print is available again, and listeners like you. Thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and DMs Guild affiliate links, or becoming patrons at patreon.com slash Show. Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome host, Jeff Greiner. And I'm Sam Dillon, and in this episode, number 287, we are getting in touch with our inner bard as we review Songs in the Key of D&D by Amy Vorpal. Yes, as in Vorpal Sword. And <laughs> she'll be joining in later, or at least we'll hear an interview uh, with her later. Indeed. And, and in fact, um, I, don't, I don't think it was in that interview. I also recorded a Gamer to Gamer episode with her uh, at the same time, or back to back. And she, she ta- we talked a little bit about the fact that her name is Amy Vorpal, and she is a big D&D nerd, so... That, that became a thing. I, I found it astounding that uh, nobody else yeah. in her family are, are gamers. So Right. Because it's not a stage name. I didn't mean it as yeah, no, a stage I, name. I no. just meant how, what an awesome coincidence that that's her name. Absolutely. <laughs> and I thought it might have been a stage name. That's why I asked her about it. But uh, And you'll notice that, that uh, Sam is co-hosting with me. That's because we are recording this uh, while Gen Con is going on and Tracy is off Gen Conning. So since I couldn't make it to Gen Con for the first time in years this year... Uh, sorry about that, listeners, who won't be getting uh, as much stuff from there. Um, but well, I think we got a few things coming. But in any case, uh, Tracy's busy doing that, and Sam valiantly stepped forward to, uh, to co-host with me and review this. But he's not alone. We also have our not only our senior editor, but we have our newest editor who's been taking on shows like the D&D and Data Show with uh, Topher Cohan and Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Shea, that's his name, <laughs> as well as the roundtable uh, from Co- uh, Topher Cohan. Uh, he is a musician in his own right. I want everybody to welcome Aaron Good. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. It is awesome to have you here and, and get to let you get on the show a little bit and, and uh, have your voice heard. So I appreciate all the work you're doing uh, on on editing, and I might have some more jobs for you coming down the line. So, hey man, it's my pleasure. Anything I can do to help more sweet tome show content get out on the airwaves. <laughs> sweet, I appreciate it. So, uh, songs in the key of D and D is uh, this album by Amy Vorpal, and she is actually part of the Saving Throw YouTube channel, which is has some really entertaining things on it. She's you know. For example, she's done clips with uh, with Tom Lommel, the the Dungeon Bastard, as some mm-hmm. of you know him. Uh, so she she's it's it's really she is steeped in this. She really does play, and it's really, you know, that this is not just some whim. Some actress decided to uh, to to play some music and and uh, have them inspired by some kind of weird, you know, nerdy 
dragons and fighters and all that. <laughs> so this is this is the real deal, right? So just just so that if you're listening to this going, what? I don't know if I want to finish listening to this episode. This is the real deal. And in fact, the bumper music on this episode is actually uh, music from the little clips from the from the album. So yeah, and you'll little, be and you'll hey, be hearing more clips from the songs as we go through our review as well. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, uh, Amy's definitely the real deal. Uh, the Saving Throw YouTube channel uh, is definitely the real deal, and and this whole album was inspired by uh, some of the the actual play live play that they've done on there, um, and, and so that kind of informs some of the the weirder songs that don't seem to make a lot of sense <laughs> because there's a little bit of inside jokiness going on. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. In the meantime, though, we should mention our sponsor, Noble Knight. They are a game store that specializes in finding out-of-print products, but also carries the latest and greatest. My pick for this episode is a hexagonal dice rolling tray, just like the ones they use on Saving Throw when they're playing their live games, uh, that, the same games that inspired these songs. It was, is made by our previous sponsor, Easy Roller Dice. Uh, it's a sturdy felt-lined uh, dice tray. It's a, it's a good sign of the of the quality that they have to offer, which might be important to people who are keeping track of the fact that they've just launched a new Kickstarter for a fancy new dice tray. That's like a tray within a tray, so you can have your dice along the outside and, and roll in the middle. It's kind of cool looking. So anyway, check out this uh, this tried and true dice tray from Easy Roller Dice over at Noble Knight. It's about sixteen bucks, uh, and be sure to tell them that the Tome Show sent you. Noble Knight Games has been serving the needs of thousands of gamers worldwide since 1997. With a huge selection of over 30,000 unique products, including discounts on most in-print games of up to 50% off or more. Noble Knight Games is the place for out-of-print RPGs, board games, war games, collectible card games, miniatures, and all things game-related. They ship worldwide and will purchase or trade your titles you no longer need, new, or used. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Just visit www.noblenight.com or visit our website for direct access to thousands of new, out-of-print, and in some cases, one-of-a-kind items. All right, and we are back. So the plan is that we're going to talk through each of the songs. You're going to hear a little, like, 20-second clip of the song. Um, we'll talk about our thoughts, uh, and then we'll, we'll that's how we'll do our review. So song by song, uh, songs in the key of D&D opens with our song called Barky's Brigade. I always wished I had a family, and now I do. Barky's Brigade is here for me. We're here for you. See? Now I'll list the names of folks who make up our crew. It's Donovan, Atuska, Asher, Udo, and me too. Oh, Barky's Brigade, Barky's Brigade. Barky, 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 Barky's Brigade. So Barky's Brigade. Uh, what do we think of Barky's Brigade? It's a short little little thing. Um, what do you guys? Well, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you more about it. But what do you guys think? So uh, this for me is sort of a really interesting way to start off an album, uh, just because without the context of their live stream game, which I this is from, right? This is like directly related to all that stuff. Yeah. So this is the intro song every time at the beginning of each new session. Uh, okay, cool. I haven't seen any of their content, um, so it makes way more sense now yeah. knowing that that's like a canonical in intro to their stuff. Right. Uh, but without that context, it's kind of really jarring. Mm -hmm. I, I found anyway. Um, besides that, I think it's a great little like sort of children's march kind of style tune. Um, 
it's really bright, happy, catchy. Well, and 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 uh, so I started. Well, I started watching the Barkey's Brigade uh, live. I mean, they're not live anymore, but uh, streamed uh, actual plays that they put out on on Saving Throws. Um, YouTube channel after I did the interviews. So, so I'm like, oh, I should get some context and figure out what this is all about. So I've I've watched through most of season one at this point, and, and she came up with this song like the second session. And her character is is Arky Barky. And so um, and, and the whole thing about her always wanting a family was that she was a slave who who didn't have a family and always wanted a family. And then as soon as the party formed, it was like, oh, this is my new family. And so she instantly like started referring to everybody as family. Uh, and so that's that's all sort of the inside scoop there, uh, and and Amy in the interview, which people will hear uh, in a little while, um, talks about how you know, I know some people aren't going to get it and it's not going to make sense to them, but uh, it's only thirty seconds, so <laughs> you know mm-hmm. if they don't like it, it's going to be over pretty soon because it's a really short little song. Yeah, I actually. Um... I was sort of I listened to it and I was because I the very first time I listened to the album and I was like it was so it felt very non sequitur like I had no idea what was going on all of a mm-hmm. sudden and so I had this love hate relationship with that little thirty second clip because for me I was like well I understand the words she's saying obviously <laughs> and I understand kind of the context in terms of D and D terms but I have no idea what's going on because mm-hmm. I I also have not watched you know the saving I. I don't have a lot of time uh, to watch different actual play stuff, so I I tend to not. I have a large commute time, so I listen to audio things, but I don't get a lot sure. of time to watch video type stuff. So um, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, and so part of me was like, I don't I don't know if I even really like this. But on the other hand, it's so catchy and weird, and like you know, it just it's very happy and jaunty, if that makes sense. And so I I, I don't dislike it. I just feel like I needed some context, and it wasn't there, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. I think there's a, a a few songs in the whole uh, album that that kind of have that that inside feel to them, and and don't really yeah. make a lot of sense if you don't have the context of the show. Um, yeah, you know, and, and and in some ways, I think that fe- that makes it feel like this album was clearly written for fans of the YouTube channel. Um, but in other ways, like the album has has themes that are much more universal uh, to to gamers, and some themes that are fairly universal to to life. You know, so yeah. So let True. me give you a, so uh, my in my game group right now, um, the two of the players they have a little one year old daughter, and occasionally uh, when we're playing, we turn on some music for her in the background, and she likes to dance around or whatever. And so like Barky's Brigade is would be like the perfect song, right? for her to dance to mm-hmm. it's totally. short it's catchy it's like she'll bop up and down i mean she's one right so right <laughs> and it will be cute and it'll be funny and it actually is D themed so i think i'm gonna get the album for my group and there you go and 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 i so in that case in that way barky's brigade is the perfect beginning to the album because that one-year-old doesn't need context like i do <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> totally it definitely sets up um like the quirky factor is like mm-hmm. is that is that maximum for the rest of the album, right? Uh, so, yeah. Well, and it also introduces the concept of of a brigade, right? Because that comes up mm-hmm. in one or two other songs as well. Yes. So, and in fact, uh, there's some other songs that actually mention the same characters uh, that Barky's Brigade goes through all of the characters in the party. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, <laughs> so let's move on to the second song in the album, The Dungeon Master's Lament. This is actually the song that introduced me to the album because Saving Throw released a, a music video for this song that I saw posted on Facebook um, by one of the people who actually works with Amy, it turns out. Um, and so I saw that, and then I saw it was an, there was an album, and so then I got the album, and I reached out to her, and haha, an episode is born, right? So, uh, so Dungeon Master's Lament. Let's listen to a clip from that, and then talk about it. Okay, guys, let's go shut up. Come on, okay, it's time to start. Now who needs a pencil? Everyone, fine, here you go. You should have leveled up your characters. How come you didn't? Do you even want to go on this adventure? No. It's the DM's lament, the dungeon master's affliction, resigned to the fate that I'm my friend's referee. All right, so the dungeon master's lament, uh, you know, the first music video to come out of this whole thing. Uh, and have you both, either or both of you seen the music video? Yeah, I watched I had, the music video yes. before I had the album. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Aaron. Oh, no worries. What would you say, Aaron? Yes, okay. I have, I've seen it. So we've all seen the music video. Uh, so, so what do we think about the Dungeon Master's Lament? Uh, I think that it is probably, in my opinion, one of the better songs on the album. I, I mean, they're all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that this one stands out. Uh, just because I think like every dungeon master knows what she's talking about mm. um, at some point or another in in our uh, gaming careers, everyone has experienced that one session uh, where nothing seems to be going right, uh, uh, and it ends with rocks fall, everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, on on one hand, it's interesting because the Dungeon Master's Lament to me is definitely the song that brought me to the party. Um, but it quickly lost status as my favorite song on the album. Uh, and, I, and part of me thinks that, like, there's... Some of the songs are, are really focused on sort of this inside joke uh, that you get mm-hmm. from having subscribed to the YouTube channel, right? Um, and then... The Dungeon Master's Lament swings in the complete opposite direction. Like it's it's so general that any Dungeon Master of any game anywhere uh, from any time point in time would completely be able to write this song. I guess you know, <laughs> or 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 at least relate it's, to the song, right? It's infinitely relatable if yeah. you have ever run any kind of RPG game. It's about as generic as you can get. For a really niche album, you know. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, but not. Gen- he doesn't mean generic in a bad way. He means no. generic as in umbrella, big picture, covering everything. And it, um, and it, it, plays, it, it plays off a lot of a lot of stereotypes too. Mm-hmm. You know. The, right. Oh uh, yeah. And and it's 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 kitschy and it's almost. Um, I don't know. This is the if if, if Weird Al were to to produce any of these songs this is the one that weird al would put out yeah it's sort um, of the you, weird al parody of a D D song mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you bring up weird al and uh one of like th- when i first listened to the album his was the name that sprung to mind mm. um if i were to, to describe this whole album it's like well we as if weird al did a D album mm. just in the in the musical styles with, with less accordion Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, more ukulele though. <laughs> yes, uh, in fact, if you if you watch the show, she she regularly performs songs. It's, they they take donations from viewers uh, during the the recordings, 
um, as they're live streaming, and then that affects what happens in the game. And one of the things is as mm. she starts coming to every session with, "Well, I wrote another song, guys." And as soon as you know, you have collectively donated twenty dollars or whatever, or I'll play the song. Um, and so she comes with a lot of songs, and the only one that I've heard so far that's actually in the album is Barky's Brigade. <laughs> so I look forward <laughs> to as I watch more, finding out where all the rest yeah. of these came from. I think it's interesting because I I kind of agree with the Weird Al sort of comparison um but i feel like so i kind of feel like i also think of of some of the really early stuff from they might be giants Hmm. you know if you go back to their first album they had like this really cool song called 32 footsteps Okay. And and it's like what the hell is it about? Nothing almost, you mm-hmm. know, and like you could put whatever meaning on it you want, but it's just this weird quirky and you know a lot of the stuff on that album it's like these guys are really talented and how is their brain working that they created this thing that they just put on this album? Mm-hmm. Which I love and I mean they're they're a big deal nowadays, you know, but back you know, when I first got that album, it was like, you know, people were like, who? Um, I, be- I believe they're playing at Gen Con as we record to just show you how Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're that much of a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, but it's that sort of, that I sort of have this mix between the kind of Weird Al vibe and the sort of They Might Be Giants vibe. Where the mm-hmm. Weird Al vibe, because he's also a very good, you know, artist slash musician. Sure. You know, he he's, you know, none of these people are untalented you know nobody none of these people got lucky right they have a lot of talent and they work they work really hard but i I, it's like a mixture for me it's not entirely weird weird owl it's also like some of these weird songs that seem to have no real context but there's a lot Mm. of talent in there thrown in to spin a tale with a twist you know sure I could see a lot of They Might Be Giants throughout the album but this song to me is my Weird Al song of the album so yeah yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, super small nitpick, and maybe I might be the, the only person in the world who uh, would this sort of this would tweak them. Uh, but the very beginning of the song, uh, there's like a couple bars of um, like setup groove, uh, and there's like a, a hand a hand clapping uh, like beat that goes on. But the hand claps are on the off beats. But it, it sort of sounds like they're on the on beats because the actual on beats are too like so soft. So then when the singing starts, it took me like a bar or two to like revert my brain to be like on the correct beat. Mm. Uh, so, so so it's musically it was, challenging to you. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, well <laughs> um, uh, musically disorienting just okay. for like the first couple bars. <laughs> Uh, but it's super tiny, tiny nitpick. Right. Like it's hardly worth mm-hmm. mentioning. Sure. All right. So that's the Dungeon Master's Lament. Next, we're going to hear a clip from "I Kill Dragons." Uh, so here's that now. I kill dragons. I kill dragons. I kill dragons. You don't believe me? It's true. I slip on my armor. All right, so that is I Kill Dragons. Uh, it's a it's a jaunty little tale of uh, 
the songwriter or the, the, the singer, I guess, going in for a job interview and when being asked, what, what do you do in your free time, uh, telling a raucous tale about how they kill dragons and put on and armor then, and defend and the night. And then on a date, right? And then go out and does the yeah. same thing at a date. Yeah. I want you to be able to hang out with my friends. What do you do in your free time? I kill dragons! <laughs> right? And then there's this little reflective bit at the end about how, you know, people ask me if this is real uh, and, and if I'm being serious. And, and, you know, it basically comes down to, last time I checked, that dragon was still dead. So, you know, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this one is one of my favorites. Um, and I, I got to say that the clip that we made is is too short to do it justice. Oh, I know. Yeah, um, it was really tough to figure out how to do twenty seconds or less yeah. of each of these songs. Yeah. So I so anybody listening who is the least bit interested, uh, you need to hear the whole clip of the "I Kill Dragons" mm-hmm. because uh, it's it's really fun. I I like the song. I yeah. think it's. Uh, it, it it sort of approaches the DM's lament in terms of relatable, because it's sort of like it's it's the fourth wall song, right? She's she's breaking the fourth wall, talking about well, here I am in my regular life, and I have to go on job interviews, and I go on dates, and I go out, and I have to be around people who don't necessarily know what D and D is, and when they ask me what I do in my spare time, I'm just gonna be right out there and tell them, right. Uh, and you know, despite D and D's popularity, there are still quite a few people who, um, you know, maybe wouldn't feel comfortable doing something like that at work or at a bar, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think I really like it. It's it's one of my favorites on the album. Absolutely, I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like there's like if I if I had to to say there were three songs on here that I think really need to be music videos, and this is this is in my in those three. Yes, nice. I, th- I th- this one would totally make a rather funny music video. Mm-hmm. Um, it, t- t- as Sam, you t- you totally said, it definitely plays on that kind of that power fantasy of uh, just being like, yeah, I play D and D. What are you gonna do about it? Right. Well, and she and she said, and you'll hear in the interview later um, that she she kind of wrote the album, and when she was done, looked back at it and realized, oh, she kind of wrote the soundtrack to a, to a show tune. Right, it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of a musical that she put together here, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and and once she told me that, going back and then re-listening to it a bunch of times prior to this this uh, recording, it, it's like I started constructing the musical and writing scripts in my head mm-hmm. of how you connect them all, and like this is the song where it suddenly becomes really clear. Oh no, this is a sh- this this is a show tune. Like she she's yep. this is I, this is the main character running around uh living their life and showing how gaming and and everything sort of continues to play out in in other parts of of life mm-hmm. i i definitely noted um it, i think this one in particular uh, it's definitely got a hokey in a good way a, like a mm. hokey broadway style mm. to it right. for sure yep yeah it does, this one definitely has that that sort of broadway style to it Absolutely. It's very like Gilbert and Sullivan kind of. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up, we are going to discuss the Battle of Tarask versus Catron. <laughs> so uh, listen to a clip of that. So 
so the Battle of Tarask versus Catron. Uh, this is one of those songs that that I have an interesting relationship with because um, I like it's clearly very steeped in D and D because it's not just talking about D and D, but it's making a reference to a thing in D and D that only D and D players would know, i.e., the Tarask. Right, and so so there's a certain level of, of okay, this is a really authentic song, and then there's also the element of, but it's really kind of an insider song uh, for people who have followed the the YouTube channel and and have some inkling as to what's going on with this song as a result of that. Uh, although since I've started watching it, um, and 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 in preparation for this episode, I suddenly find myself now enjoying it even more once again because now. I'm on the inside and I, and I get it, you know? So I'm curious what your guys' um, experience was. So uh, when I first heard it, uh, I mean, like you've said, this is a total insider. Mm-hmm. I think this is even perhaps m- more insider than Barky's Brigade because mm. uh, we've got that this telling of a Tarrasque, which is already like, as far as niche D&D monsters go, like pretty niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, and versus this like Voltron of like fourteen cats. <laughs> although like, although cats it's, it's not imme- yeah, it's not immediately made clear throughout the beginning of the song that that's what's going on. They just keep referring to this catron uh, as if you're gonna <laughs> know what's happening. <laughs> totally. Uh, there's this great little section in it where she describes what all the party members are like doing to the Tarask. Mm-hmm. Um, like someone sneak attacks it, someone rains down meteor swarm. Uh, I thought that was cute. Uh, it's just like very relatable, very like kind of party dynamic kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Sam, what did you think? Yeah, I I I was listening closely because I was like, what is, what is Catron? Like I knew, like I knew it must be something from a game, right? I knew I knew right. it it must have been some kind of creature, or or it could have been a villain. So I'm I was like listening intently to see, you know, okay, what can fight a Tarrasque? And then it turns out it's this sort of Voltron esque thing with like five cats make up its head, and then right. five <laughs> cats make an arm, and then and she's describing it, and I just laughed out loud. I mean, yeah. it was just hilarious. It's and like the- what the. Heck, and the cats, awesome. a- the cats are actually a bit of a of a running joke that started all the way in like the first session of Barky's Brigade uh, on the YouTube channel. Of you know, it was basically just the DM describing, oh, you you killed so and so, and you split them up the up the middle, and uh, the contents of their stomach spill out, and oh, what was in there? Uh, there's a partially eaten cat or whatever. And then pretty soon they started <laughs> finding live cats, and they started saving the cats, and they started naming the cats after things you would find in a kitchen. So they have a cat named Skillet and a, a cat named Spatula and whatever. Uh, and pre- and pretty soon, and then it was like, oh, we need we need a, a bag of cat holding that just holds cats and keeps them alive. And then you know, as people would donate money, sometimes. Sometimes the cats would join into the fights and, and all that kind of stuff. So so, nice. so suddenly the song t- took on a whole new meaning for me. Um, and it was it was interesting before and it was fun before. Um, but it, it is a bit of an insider song. Uh, and without that context, it, it, uh, you, you miss out on some of the, the joy of what it's really about. And it's really epic. Like musically, it's a really epic sort of battle. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. Retelling. Yeah, there's like... There's this great like snare drum riff, uh, sort of like comes in like a third of the way through. Um, I think this one of the ones we've listened to so far, it has the most interesting harmonies on mm-hmm. offer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's worth noting, if, if, if I remember right in the, from the interview, and people will, well, again, people will hear it, um, it was her brother-in-law who did all of the, the instrumentation and, and put all the music to it. Like, she just sent him lyrics and, and here's how it sounds and whatever, and he created all the, the music that she then put her, her lyrics to. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So, that's the Battle of Trask versus Catron. Next up, we're going to listen to I'm Coming Into My Own, uh, and there is both a, a regular version and an acoustic version, and, and I think, is it worth discussing them separately, or is it okay just to talk about them at once? I think it's fine to do them both at the same time. All right, so we'll talk about them both at the same time. The acoustic version is at the end of the album, but, you know, we'll throw them all here. I was not meant to be here I should be somewhere else Chasing a different destiny But I was part of the brigade And so I swore to myself That I wouldn't be just someone They'd have to split their wealth with And I buckled down And I murdered some gnomes And my coin is folks now All right, so I'm coming into my own. Uh, the first time I listened to this album, I think this was by far my favorite song. Um, and then my, my opinion has varied over time as I've gone back and forth on it. But what do you guys think? Uh, Sam, first. Uh, I like the acoustic version. Okay. Better than I like the other version. That's not to say the other version is bad. I just tend to like acoustic <laughs> stylings better um i mean i it uh, i i'm trying to remember what my exact thoughts were on this song okay um well let's hear from I, aaron and then maybe that'll refresh yeah aaron sure uh so this is like a a really nice inspirational ballad kind mm. of thing um it's all about i assume the character of arky barky um uh, figuring out some stuff and like uh sort of build, building herself up and like coming into her own um it's it's really good uh and i agree it's it's definitely one of the better songs on the album uh for me though mm-hmm. uh the 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 double entendre that is I think like really hammered home here is like yeah. it, it it wears on me a, a yeah. bit towards I, the end. I agree. That's why I said at, with the first time I listened to it, this was my favorite song, and then over time it became a little bit less of my favorite song because of the the sort of heavy-handed double entendre. Um, because, and it's not like the double entendre, and it's in the chorus, so you hear it multiple times, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not subtle. Um, no. <laughs> At all, although I, I I think I missed it the first time, which is why I you know I was into it and it was it was you know I'm coming into my own and and now I'm doing this thing and I don't apologize to anybody for anything and and I I'm, I'm owning this stuff now right and it's really inspiring and it's really great and then this, this double entendre chorus which which has nothing to do with that message which I suppose is what a double entendre does. Um, yeah. And I don't have any problem with double entendre generally. I'm not concerned about the the vulgarity, I guess, of the of the message. But but it distracts from how much of a kick ass inspirational song it was. <laughs> Otherwise, you know. Totally. Yeah. I I, I definitely agree that the message I think is slightly undermined. Mm. Um, and uh, the the description uh, Miss Vorpal gave. Uh, on the, the CD baby site uh, is a 
witty little ditties uh, inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. So I guess in that vein, uh, it is a, a witty little ditty. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm still like, I guess I'm struggling to say anything about it because I was just kind of like, okay. Like it, there, there wasn't a point where it struck me as, wow, this is an awesome song. And there wasn't a point that struck me as, wow, this isn't that great. And there wasn't a point that struck me as, oh, I see what you did there. It was just sort of, okay. I, I like, I was just oh. more excited about other songs. It's not that see, it was bad. Those, those moments where she's, where she's just really, really getting into it with the, the singing. And it's, it's, you know, I got this, this, um, this whip now instead of I ditched the sword mm-hmm. and I got the whip and now I just don't take any shit and and I'm yeah. unapologetic and screw you guys for you know for telling me I'm going too far and and I'm owning this right I I, I feel that you know yeah definitely but then uh, but then she's coming coming so hard uh, <laughs> you and me are both coming we all came together. And it it's it uh, like it's it's fine like it, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to be prudish about it or anything, right. uh, but it's just sort of two separate ideas competing I think in the same song. Mm-hmm. It's a little on the nose for yeah for, for what I think. If I had to pick a song I liked least, this would probably be in the running. Be be in the bottom two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But mm-hmm. not because, once again, not because it's bad, but just because I like so many of the other ones better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the, uh, I, I don't think there's any bad songs on the album. Uh, it's just, like, which ones are maybe, like, least compelling. Right? Sure. Yeah. So, next we will move on to Ode to Fartunia. You're intoxicating me in every way people turn their heads from you. But I love your little ways Ooh, la, 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 la. So so Ode de Fortunia is is um, an interesting song. Like it is a beautiful song. It's it's a very pretty sounding song. Um, my first impression was what what is what what is this? What is this about? Like is she like mocking the the stereotype of gamers and like what is happening here so i was very confused i'm curious what you guys thought about it before i give you a little bit of the story so dude i have i have literally no idea Um, (laughs) i think of all of like the inside jokes songs this This one is is like the the most most inside inside. (laughs) i think so So absolutely this is this is the one where i imagined because i caught i caught on to the uh musical theater yeah, sort of vibe done this right away because I like I happen to like musical theater and I was in theater when I was in high school and all that kind of stuff. So uh, this was the part in the in the show where you just had this big triumphant, you know, I've got this whip and I'm kicking butt, uh-huh. and now that big crescendo has to be followed by a sort of uh, less sort of a soft denouement. Yeah, sort a sort of a sort of softer. Like you can imagine one person on the stage looking wistfully up in the corner. Uh, yes, with a, with a single spotlight. Eyes. 
you know, yeah, and 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 uh, and and the the audience is completely intent on what that one person is doing, and they can sort of be speaking or singing in a softer voice, mm. and the audience is, you know, that was sort of. But if you ask me what the song's about, to, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does have sort of like a, a cat's memories kind of vibe in that respect. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so the idea was that in in one of their episodes, they uh, in several episodes, they allow their audience in the chat room to help them name things or the, helps the DM name things. Oh dear, oh dear God! Right, and so and so this was uh, an incident that she describes where uh, the chat room gave them nothing but but ridiculous names, uh, and this is the one that I ended up going with, and and her attitude to the whole thing was. Well, fine. You're going to give us a ridiculous name and, and describe it as as a uh, you know horrifically ugly NPC or whatever. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna own that and turn it into a love song. And this is going to be like the most you know I'm I'm just gonna throw that right back in your face and about how much yeah. I love this horribly ugly person. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, uh, I think like so far because this this song has a weird dichotomous relationship from. Me, um, just like, like we've said, if you're not in on the joke, it's very sort of mm-hmm. imp- impenetrable. But I think the chorus to this song is like the best chorus on the album. Mm. Uh, it has like a really different uh, style and vibe from the rest of the songs. Um, in my in my notes here, I compared it to sort of got like a of monsters and men kind of like vibe to it, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was uh, it just like surprised me. Because um, mm-hmm. we've kind of been doing this sort of like show tune esque kind of style for a while, mm-hmm. um, and just like dip into something different, uh, just for the chorus of this one song that I almost wrote wrote off initially uh, mm-hmm. was surprising and good. Yeah, no, and 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 we keep talking about the insideerness of of some of these songs. Um, and that said, I feel like it really only came into play for me twice. It was for this one and, and Battle of Trask versus Catron that were particularly sort of insideriness. And, and the rest of them are really relatable. So I don't want to give people the impression that if you get the album, it won't make any sense if you haven't watched the YouTube channel. Because that's not the case. Yes. Uh, I think most of the... It's like thir- like, thir- like thir- 30% of the of the album i think is um r- r- written specifically with their show in mind um the r- the rest of it is like you say very r- relatable mm-hmm. yeah and in fact in tarask and catron i didn't even i mean perhaps if i knew the story it would even enhance the enjoyment of that song for sure. me but i i yeah. knew it was playing inside ball but it didn't like i didn't even feel like it lost something whereas oh, with good. barky's brigade and with the Fartunia, I felt like I have no idea what really what's going on. Um, not that they aren't entertaining, but I just like I had I stopped in the middle and thought I really don't know. Whereas with Tarask, I didn't I didn't actually. You stop can follow along, what? okay? With they're fighting in Tarask, I, could, I get it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. All right. So next up is the worst of the terrible things. So let's listen to that clip. What are the worst of the terrible things? I asked as I crumpled my brow. She drew in a long, cold, and trembling breath. I'll tell you what she told me now. There are seas that can swallow whole cities. 
All right, so you just heard a clip from The Worst of the Terrible Things, uh, and, and now we all uh, are fully aware that the worst of the all the terrible, horrible things that might be happening in the world is watching your character die. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> yeah. So what do we think? Uh, Aaron? Uh, so this one, uh, it's sort of got like a western-y kind of feel. Um, mm. It definitely, at least in the style of the music, re- reminds me of like old Clint Eastwood kind of m- movies. Uh, it's got the sort of like jangly guitar thing. Well, going it's, it's on. even got sort of the the story around it that the the you know the singer is is sitting around the campfire or whatever, and an old lady comes up and and shares some some old hard hard earned wisdom. You know, it's just yeah. sort, of, it just sort of has an old cowboy uh, song to it vibe. Yeah, totally. So, like the the subject matter is, of course, I think also like equally as relatable as like the dungeon master's lament, right? Like, you're not, uh, or rather, most gamers have had this experience of like a beloved character dying, um, and it always sucks for like the first half an hour. It's always like world crushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i mean (laughs) i yeah i can't really say anything better than that i mean that's it really is like you know um particularly if if you're a a a newer player and you really get into it and 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 you didn't you weren't sure you were going to be into it so much and then all of a sudden yeah bye bye character that's (laughs) it really is like you know um, it's it is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. Yeah. Whenever I'm uh, DMing for like very new players, um, it's always in like the third or like second session where like one of them goes down to zero hit points for the first time, and I have to tell them that like there's no reloading, there's no saving your game. Mm. Like if you're dead, you're dead. And then like that fear like instills in their in their in their eyes. Yeah. It was it was a moment that I that I really feared when I was running my game with my um, with my school group, uh, a bunch of you know twelve year olds and thirteen, eleven, you know some range. But mm-hmm. um, they you know this was their for most of them this was their first experience playing D and D. And and then at the end of the year, I'm like, okay, we're gonna we finished sort of the the little mini campaign. Now I'm gonna run you through the Tomb of Horrors as sort of our, our capstone, <laughs> wrapping things up. So you're gonna die. Just be ready. But even then. You know, that first time the kids uh, swan-dived into the sphere of annihilation, uh, I'm, I'm like, okay, but are, how are they going to take it? Like, are they <laughs> are they going to still have fun? Are they going to, you know, still be friendly? What, what's going to happen yeah. here? So, Because um, it can be tragic when these things happen. So, For, for sure. Uh, um, it, this, uh, it, this song, um, it's, it's, I think one of my least favorites on the album just because it sort of takes a while to like get to the point mm-hmm. i found um it's like a it's like a, a minute and 30 seconds before we find out what what the worst of the terrible things is mm-hmm. um and i personally uh i feel that she could have truncated this sort of like introductory section and like gotten to the the meat of the tune a little mm-hmm. sooner um and the i think in that respect, uh, I may go as far as saying the title is a little clickbaity. <laughs> so, what, what, what is the worst what of the, the terrible worst of the things? things? Huh? And then you have to wait a minute and have to find out, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, mean, that's... I, I mean, I, I have, 
some similar experiences with the song. Um, like, th- it, it sort of just hits in the middle for me. Um, and I don't know if, like, it's never, anytime I listen to the album, and I've listened to it probably a dozen times uh, in the last month, uh, but anytime I listen to the album, like, this is never the song that comes to my mind of, oh yeah, I look forward to hearing that song, right? But it's also never a song that I'm like, oh yeah, how am I going to like deal with my thoughts on, on this song, right? It's, it's, it's you know, it's a, sort of a, a steady middle. Uh, it, it, it's, it does fine. It does good. It's generalizable to the point of, of um, you know, I feel like if you told somebody a little bit about playing D&D that, that they could write the song, um, so, you know, it's good. It's yeah. fine. It's good. But totally. It doesn't um, blow yeah. my socks off. Yeah. I wouldn't skip it. No. I no, mean, no, de- def- de- definitely. I mean, the whole, the whole album's only 35 minutes, so I don't skip any songs. So. Um, it, it, I think there's, of all the ones we've sort of like listened to so far, um, this one has, I think, the, the, the flattest arc like to it. Mm. Uh, just in that. Once you find out what the worst of the terrible things is, anyone who's played D and D before goes, "Oh, yeah, of course." Mm-hmm. And then she spends sort of the next like two minutes kind of saying it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just for those reasons, this one is not my favorite. It's still good. It's still a well-produced song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there are others, and we'll get to them uh, that I really do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's it's another fourth wall song too. So it's totally. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's about it's about something outside of the game world. Well, you know, it, I mean, it's, out- it's inside the game world and outside. Yeah, the game I was gonna world. say because it's it's got this this story of like sitting around the campfire and having an old lady come up and, and impart wisdom, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of meta and kind of not, right? So it's yeah. interesting. And in I way. think part of that's in the clip that we played, right? I can't remember. I, yeah, I, I don't remember either. I spent hours picking just the right yeah. clips, so like they're okay <laughs> for people. Um, <laughs> So next up is My Own Kingdom. So let's hear a clip from My Own Kingdom. I'm going to build my own kingdom. I know you'll be there when it falls. But while I'm building my own kingdom, you won't be there at all. All right. So My Own Kingdom. Uh, my Own Kingdom is interesting to me because it's another one that's kind of, it, it's clearly like telling a story and it goes somewhere. It has an arc. Um, um, and I'm not quite sure it's an arc that, that I immediately relate to. I have a couple of interpretations as to sort of what's happening here and in, in that um, you can go with just the, the blatant like somebody's at that inevitable point in their campaign where they're like, I'm going to, you know, forget stay hanging out in your setting i'm going to go and set up my own little kingdom and run my own stuff for a while and and build a keep and take care of my own peasants and and do all that kind of stuff Uh, but then there's also this like sort of meta arc that i have in my head of like this could also be a metaphor for describing like somebody who's just like i'm sick of this gaming group and forget you guys i'm going to go off and do my own thing for a while um so i you know there's some levels to this yeah, I totally agree. Um, it, this one stands out to me on the album because it's the only one, I think, not explicitly about D&D. Um, mm. Although, like you said, it could be interpreted uh, to be relating to, to that um, or not. Uh, so it's sort of this, like, it's sort of like written in this, like, ballad style. Um, and it's got kind of like a spiteful 
um, like t- tone to it. She's like, well, I'm going to build my my own kingdom and kind of like screw you. I'm going to like everyone's going to be welcome and my kingdom's going to be bigger than yours. <laughs> But then, um, but then, isn't she like? I know you're going to be there when it falls, or yeah. something like that. I mean, right. like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it, it is. It does have this kind of almost spiteful edge, with a ballad backdrop, but then this sort of dichotomous. But I know you're going to watch it, like you know when like, it, when it gets destroyed. I'm going to build like, my own kingdom, and I know it's not going to last forever, and I know it's going to fall apart, and and it's all going to end, and it's probably going to be your fault. But in the meantime, you're not there, and I'm going to go build yeah. it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like I think that is relatable to yes, gaming, but also to life. I think there's lots of um, like situations one finds themselves in, like their personal endeavors. Where, like this song could be super relatable to that. Sam, last thought? No, I just I this is probably uh, the song on the album that I feel like for me hits me as the most kind of low energy. Mm. Um, because even though it's like in a ballad style, it's, I mean, it's a ballad. It's supposed to have ballad energy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it really, I don't know. That's, that's a weird way to put it, but yes. I mean, I, I, I have, I, I don't know how I feel about this song. Actually, there's a couple of songs on the album that are like that. And this is one of them. I'm just kind of like, okay, it's not a bad song, uh, but I like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's. It's decent. I it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't grab me like some of the other songs. I guess. Okay. But but I also think that it shows a little bit of range. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like it's important to have the range, her range being shown. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. in that way, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah yeah. I think that if I were to pick any one single uh, tune from this album that that I would listen to. Uh, sort of again and again and again i would pick this one to be honest oh, um wow. really? th- hmm. yeah just because i think it it does have that broad uh it covers a, a lot of ground um and it, and maybe we'll talk about this uh when we do our wrap-up thoughts but uh um the like specific dnd-ness of a lot of the the songs is is uh conflicting for for me but we'll get mm. there okay yeah well, and I'm only a little bit surprised to hear that from you because uh, I think we all know that the next song is easily the best song on the album. Uh, <laughs> so let's hear a clip from You Don't Dress Up to Play D&D, which was also used as our intro music for this episode. Yo, is that a card game? People want to know. They got kids who play Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Those games don't cut it. I ain't trying to be cold. But when it comes to fun, that ain't what I get a fun. Not gonna let you finish, take a minute, set you straight. So the next conversation, you sound like you got some brains. We ain't a bunch of losers in our basement, okay? Dungeons and Dragons, more a party than a game. Stay right there. All right, so you just heard uh, another clip from You Don't Dress Up to Play D&D, and you can, you can also hear in the introduction to the the episode that I've... I've um, cut together some bits from this song to to try to make a, an intro that I thought would be interesting as well. Uh, so you don't plus dress up to play D&D. Uh, I, I thought was super fun and awesome and relatable and not insidery at all unless you, I mean, it's insidery for a gamer, but this is a niche album. So I'm assuming that if you're buying songs in the key of D&D, you're familiar with D&D. Uh, and if you are, like, it's totally relatable. Uh, it's describing the game while throwing a little shade at, like, 
magic and Yu-Gi-Oh and and um, you know fun little D and D themed jokes in the middle about how uh, what uh, a paladin in the streets and a thief in the sheets and, and that kind of stuff you know uh, uh, and it, and you talked Aaron in the last um, the last bit about from the last song about the showing range and, and this one has a completely different sort of genre to it it, it gets more into a hip hop feel so. I, I really like the song. Uh, yes, Jeff. I will 100% agree with you that this is absolutely the best song on the album. Yes! Uh, <laughs> even though I said I listened to My Own Kingdom a bunch, uh, I think this one is like the most fun. Um, I actually laughed at like a lot of the jokes in the, this one, um, whereas some of the others didn't hit me as, as well. Uh, I started listening to the song and when i first heard it i was like oh no this is going to be like the obligatory like rap song on the album uh, <laughs> yeah, and i get the impression from the interview that she was actually a little bit like self-conscious or nervous about doing the rap uh in the song but i thought it turned out really well yeah i was super surprised at uh hey like how good a rapper she was like i thought she turned out great um and yeah, just my total um, perspective on the song shift. I was expecting this sort of obligatory rap auto tune thing, but it turned out to be like super sweet. All right, Sam, are you going to agree yeah. with us? You know, th- this this song actually reminds me. This is something like straight out of nerdcore. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can uh, see that. It, it 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 reminds me of this song. I think that was by, I think Nurse Hella. That, um, in fact, we used it as an opener on one of the Four Geeks Four E podcasts mm. that uh, that we did many many years ago mm-hmm. in the fourth edition era. Um, and it was, it, I think, the name of the song was "My Glasses Are Too Thick," but it was about a nerd who couldn't get a date and couldn't get laid, of course, because because <laughs> he was too nerdy. And he talked. They talked about D and D and everything. And it, and it was a really it was a really catchy song. But the reason it, that this song reminded me of it is because it has a very similar sort of uh, piano riff in the beginning that sort of sets the beat for you. And then they go into it and they tell this story, and it's really good. And yeah, I think this song is one of the better ones on the album for sure. I think it, it could it could even be the top song for me for sure. All right, I'll accept it. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's because because once again, as you said, it shows. It also shows some range where, you know, this this. So one of the reasons I actually like musical theater is that a lot of what they do in musical theater shows a great deal of range, but constrained into this, you know, broader Mm -hmm. storyline. And so that that's a really compelling thing to me because you get to show a lot of different types of styles and different scenes and different things. And that's exactly what this song does for the album. Mm -hmm. Well, and and even it's not even a it's there's some depth within the the hip hop Mm -hmm. rap theme that that this song has going on. Like it's it transitions between different styles within the song uh, as well in a really well composed way. So I, I was impressed. Yeah, I what sort of sealed the deal for me for the song was two m- moments. Um, to definitely the paladin in the streets, thief in the sheets line. <laughs> I thought it was like brilliant. Uh, I, I, I cackled at that one. Uh, but also that section towards the end where she's sort of like breaking down 
like the structure of the game. I mm. forget the exact lyrics, but she's saying, uh, you know, the 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 the, uh, the dungeon master sets the scenario, and then the players like you ask them what do you want to do. Um, I, I thought like that the song is actually like a a halfway decent like introduction to the game in some respects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said she said that her her mom learned a little bit a bit more about her hobby by listening to the song actually. So <laughs> cool, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a good one. Um, uh, if you like the using this as our intro music, let me know. I actually have permission from uh, Amy Vorpal to to use this um, to use her music uh, both in this episode and uh, in further episodes. So, if you really like it, uh, let me know, and uh, maybe that'll be a, a regular appearance on Tom Show episodes. So, uh, next up, though, we're going to talk about when you get where you're going. So I'll wish you the best May you conquer your quest Find happiness and love And most of all I hope when you get where you're going So when you get where we're going is uh, it's the last song in the album, although they throw in the extra acoustic version of coming into my own after it, uh, and and I think feel like it's an appropriate uh, send off. Um, there's a reason that you're going to hear it again at the end of the episode because the the outro music that I finished the episode with was a clip from from this uh, song <laughs> that that I found. I, I don't know. There's like the the song is about uh, you know one of your players is moving away and they're going somewhere else and they can no longer be part of the group. And, and um, you know, it's got this sort of refrain of, you know, wherever you're going, even though you're, you're leaving us, you're going far away from us. Uh, we're not going to see you as uh, very much anymore. Um, but I hope wherever you're going, you find people there who play D and D so you can keep doing this thing. Uh, and, and there's, there's a moment of me that, that gets a little choked up listening to this song, you know, that's, it's, <laughs> I, I've had that experience. I've both been the person leaving and I've had people leave and, and it can be a little emotional that you've been playing games with these people for years and suddenly they have to pick up and move their lives. And, and I do wish them well and hope they go off and find people who play D and D so they can continue doing this thing that we love. So I don't know. This, this this song touches my soul um, in in much of the way that that the other one like gets my soul moving, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I I think this is a great one to end the album on. Well, end in quotation marks, um, just because it, it totally is. Uh, it's another one of those highly relatable songs. Um, we've. Oh, well, hopefully you haven't because it's sad, but uh, I think m- many of us have experienced like this uh, a close friend in your circle leaving, um, and it does sort of have that like breaking of the fellowship kind of like tone mm-hmm. to it. Um, yeah, I-, I think it's it's great. It gets its, it gets its point across really well. Um, I Personally, uh, I think that maybe she could have uh, like said when you get where you're going, like maybe like three fewer times. <laughs> um, it just like is a lot of the lyrical content. Sure, is that phrase? Uh, but small nitpick. Sam. Nah. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, it's okay. I mean, I you know once again, 
you know, and I can say this, and you know, until the cows come home or whatever. But you know, none of the songs are bad. Okay, mm-hmm. but you know, if I had to rank them, this would probably be closer to the bottom. Not for content, <sighs> just for I don't know. I, I like the content of the song, and I, I think everybody has. I, I've experienced it myself a lot. I've moved away, and I've also had people move away. And you know, if you're running and and playing in a really great campaign, and it's really sad to lose somebody. Um, but you know, I, I guess I, I, me personally, I'd rather listen to the more upbeat songs on the album. So, oh, see, I hear this, and every totally. time I'm like, oh, Ethan, Donnie, McCoy, I miss you. Ah, <laughs> so. All but right. Thankfully, uh, yeah. thankfully, we live we we live in an age where a virtual tabletops allow play mm. over long distances. And in fact, yes. one of those people I mentioned, uh, McCoy, Jeremiah McCoy, regularly appears on the Tome Show, so I still talk <laughs> to him right, uh, often. So nice, very good. All right, so that's the whole album. We've gone through every song uh, bit by bit, and we've taken an hour or so to do it. So, so overall thoughts before we toss it to the interview. I know, Aaron, you had some, some overall thoughts. Yeah, so uh, like, uh, I want to say that I think Amy Vorbel is a great singer, uh, and she sounds like a fantastic musician, and I definitely want to check out some of these Saving Throw show uh, Bargy's Brigade episodes. I think it'll give this album a, a, a whole different context mm. for me. Um, but like, I wonder, uh, and this is maybe like a little high level, but I wonder, like, at what point, uh, like, the quirkiness of of D and D, like, can sell, uh, like, a really meaningful, uh, like, piece of art. Is that like too much? <laughs> yeah, and, and and I don't know that she was seeking to do that. Um, right. Yes, based based on the interview that you're about to hear. Um, she seemed like she was writing these songs uh, every week or every other week for their games, and and people were wanting her to do more with them. And this other and other people in on the Saving Throw um, channel were were wanting her to do more with it. And then she she put it together and she pared it down, and she ended up with this album as a result. Uh, but like, she's not expecting like. I encourage everybody to go out and buy the album because I believe in supporting artists, and I think this is this is a worthwhile um, album to buy. Uh, yeah. But but and it's not expensive. And it's not expensive. No. And, and but she was a lot more like, oh, you know, uh, you can you can stream it on. I don't know if it was Pandora or Spotify. She said it's all there. Uh, you can listen to it for free. I don't care. Whatever. I'm not interested. I'm not trying to make a bunch of money on it or whatever. It's just something I thought was kind of fun, and and the fans would enjoy it, and and whatever. But. Um, you know, I think it's worth purchasing and, and not horribly expensive, like Sam pointed out, to do so and and, and worth it. I listened to Definitely. a bunch of the songs with my kids, uh, and and they they loved them too. So, like my my eleven year old likes to rap along with uh, you can't you don't dress up to play D and D. Nice. Yeah, I think this album is definitely if you are a gamer of any sort, uh, I think you'll definitely like most of the tracks uh on this album uh you know obviously we like different ones um it's got a little something for everybody i think uh all the like the quality of the music making is really high um like everything's everything's in tune obviously there's no uh like the balance of all the the instruments is is great Mm -hmm. um the the production quality is high on 
on this. It's 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 definitely not just someone tossing something to, together. Yeah, because on this show, all the original songs were just played with the ukulele, because that's what she could carry with her to game night, I guess. So. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. In fact, there was, in fact there was one episode where she forgot it and she borrowed like her <laughs> friend's kid's ukulele that happened, you know, that, whose house they were at or whatever. So. <laughs> uh, she's definitely a professional, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not a uh, there's there's not a uh, uh, there's not a point in the entire uh, album where I thought to myself, "Wow, that was." really amateurish mm-hmm. you know like the, the, this is not it it's a niche product and it has a very specific target audience and it has a very specific stylistic arc right um and and it fits it fits i think it hit its target uh and it's very enjoyable to me i've been playing D for decades so um you know, I can relate even even for the songs that aren't exact that are that are sort of the more inside ball songs. Uh, they were still very enjoyable, and I could still relate to you know eighty percent of everything that's on there. So, so, so good said, job, Amy. Uh, yeah, good job, Amy. And and, 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 and like and, I said, it's not it's not expensive. You should buy it. I I believe in supporting artists. Mm-hmm. You know, this being such a niche product in this is a niche product in a niche hobby. So right. this is like. <laughs> This is like niche squared, okay? Mm-hmm. This is this is like you know. I know she's not expecting to make a bazillion dollars off of this and become the most famous ever. I mean, she's an actress. She's got, you know, she's got credits on shows, and I mean, like, she's not. This is not her making a living, right? And off and, this and album. she also produces her day job uh, is she does production for uh, Geek and Sundry. She yeah, works, so, she works for so, Legendary but, and does the Geek and Sundry yeah. stuff. So, but but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't support. No, this absolutely. type of art, you know, so absolutely. I'm, you know, if you can afford, if you can afford it, I think you should do it. And uh, if you can't, then of course, I don't advocate for anybody putting themselves in a financial bind, but uh, I, I definitely think it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if, if this D&D themed music album goes well, who's to say there won't be more D&D themed music albums in the future? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Okay, well, so that's our review. That's our opinions. So now we're going to go to hear from Amy, the songwriter herself. So, Jeff, take it away. I am here now with Amy Vorpal, singer-songwriter of the album uh, Songs in the Key of D&D. Hello! Yeah, people may know you from the Gamer to Gamer episode you did with me, and which we just recorded like three minutes ago. Oh, you just took away the movie magic! (laughs) We've been recording these episodes and editing them for three weeks! That's right, that's right. Uh, But just in case you haven't, uh, let's all welcome Amy to the show. Amy, how are you? you Oh my gosh, I'm having a blast. Everything's going right, and I'm very happy. I'm a morning person, and it's still the morning over here. Everything's coming up for Paul, which, oh man, I need a shirt that does that. (laughs) That's awesome. So you are the singer and songwriter of the album Songs in the Key of D&D. We are the internet's oldest uh, D&D podcast, so it seems like a, a perfect match. Yes, uh, there is a secret. There, there was a secret um, mission when through making the, this album was mm-hmm. that I needed to be connected to all of the people that I wanted to meet in my life. So, so far, this seems like it's working out. Yeah, that's that great. I'm, my tendrils are going to the far reaches of 
America on the mm, other side of the coast. That's right. And I have now met Jeff. You made it out of LA and now you're in North Carolina, at least vocally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> that's right. So, so what is Songs in the Key of D&D? Tell us about the album. Okay, well, first of all, I've never been this, a singer-songwriter before. I started where it came from was Saving Throw Show. We were going to make this channel that was going to teach people how to play D&D and, and, our, and role-playing games. And our first one was Pathfinder. We were going to teach people how to play pa- Pathfinder. So we did a Kickstarter for this thing, and we raised fifteen grand. And one of the backers one of the rewards was that they would get a song crafted specifically for one of their characters, for themselves, for their girlfriend or boyfriend or partner, anything that they wanted, we would write a song for them. Well, that was suggested by me because Tyler, my buddy Tyler Rhodes, had written a parody song of the Pink and Nate Roos song, uh, Just Give Me a Reason, and he just made it Just Give Me a D6. And it was a really funny parody. We recorded it. I sang on it, but I didn't write it. He also sang on it. Very funny video. Great, great, great. So I, I pitched this reward thinking, oh, Tyler will do these songs because he's so funny. And he wound up not having time. And we had like 21 people cho- choose that reward. And Don was like, I don't know what to do. Amy, you have to do it. <laughs> and I was like, no, because <laughs> I can't write songs. What are you talking about? So what I wound up doing was I did actually do it. And, and I would take these Irish. I had a ukulele at the time. I'm, I'm still not very good at it, but I can at least play chords on it. By the way, anyone can play the ukulele. I highly recommend it. I took the ukulele. I, t- I took these tabs of these chords of these Irish folk songs, and I just switched the lyrics out. So... I wrote 20, I wrote, quote, unquote, 21 songs. Um, and then I thought, oh, well, at this point, yeah, now I can write songs. <laughs> you know, now I know, oh, you, you, you just change these chords a bit. You write some lyrics. These are what rhymes. This is what doesn't. This is how rhythm works. And scansion. And, and I've always been a writer, so it wasn't that big of a stretch. I was just scared of it, really. But then... In our game, in our weekly game, I would just come up with some songs. And, and each week I tried to make it a challenge of like I would try to write something that happened in the game that previous week. And then that morphed into, well, I'm going to write songs about just D&D in general um, and what the experience is like. And then I had, yeah, like around 40 or 50 songs. My sister was dating this music producer. I sang him a couple. He was like, oh, that's great. And I was like, so can you produce these? He was like, hell yeah, that's 100% what I love doing is producing original music. And then two years later, we had produced 10 of them, and it was time to release the album. And, and we released it at South by Southwest. So it was a long time in the making. but And it never was, I never set out to be like, I am writing an album. I set out to write one song, and then the next week I set out to write another song, and then the next week I set out to write another song. And then it just turned into a really cool thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and the songs tend to have a, a sort of narrative feel. And, yeah. and the concept, like, the, it opens with uh, uh, Barky's Brigade, those sort of little uh, opening intro to, to the group, right? But yes. the, but the brigade, yeah. brigade is mentioned in, in a couple of the other songs as well. So it kind of feels like a yeah. narrative that fits together, right? Yes, absolutely. Barky's Brigade is the show slash uh, adventuring group 
name uh, that we played on Saving Throw for two years. That was so. While it is kind of an insidery thing, it definitely belonged on the album, in my opinion, as the first song because it's like, yeah, that's the thing that started it off. And if you don't understand it, well, it's only thirty seconds. You'll get you'll get through it. <laughs> <laughs> it's upbeat and fun, and yeah, it sounds like the cartoon intro of of like a yeah a cartoon version of a D and D game. So I, I wasn't mad about it. There you go. So, so you said it start, the the process started with you changing the lyrics for sort of Irish folk songs. That's uh, right. As it evolved and became this this album, um, yeah. what genre would you say it sort of fits into now? Yeah, all of these are original songs. Like they're all chord progressions that, even though they might have been repeated in other places, which I'm sure they have, they're still my original come from my my brain. Um, so these are all original, but. This genre, I, I equate it to, it's, I mean, I think it's, it sounds like it's a show tunes album. Like this, this could have been a one woman show or a, a big Broadway show. And these were just the songs that came from that. Okay. So I guess it's show tuny, musical theatery, uh, comedy, definitely a, a little hint of Weird Al in there. Um, Avenue Q-ish, I guess. Okay. Very Disney-esque. Like, none of it sounds too dark or too modern or pop or rock or anything. Uh, you can hear how some of the songs are a little more folksy, a little more rocky. Uh, there's a rap in there. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you've, you've had a lot of experience uh, with online sort of uh, media, right? You've done a lot, you know, Saving Throws, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done a lot with Geek and Sundry, which is your, your day job, right? Uh, yep. you, you do a lot in this area. Um, putting out an album d- didn't seem like a, a natural sort of evolution of that work. You could have done this work and, and made it part of that thing and, and never put it out as, a, as an album. Why, oh, make, yeah. why make the decision to sort of repackage it and put it out this way and make it for sale? Um, well, that's a good question. Really, I mean, I am down to exploit every living cell in my body at this point i mean i've lived in la 10 years and it is one of those things where you're like i i am just a creative machine i like never stop writing so to me it's like yeah it never needed to see the light of day but this was a really good way to actually get it in people's hands like if i realized if i released one song that's kind of impetus to like go see something but it's it's the difference between releasing let's say um, a script for people to read versus an actual video hmm. like you want people to to go there and listen to it and have access to it and be able to share it and if they enjoy it you know watch it again um, whereas I feel I feel like just having it in the background or or like oh this these songs are part of this episode if you watch it for three hours you might see it at the hour 45 mark this is kind of like a condensed version. Also, I will say if, if anyone cannot afford the album, um, and, or just doesn't want to, uh, Spotify, I'm totally down with you guys. It's all on Spotify. You can listen to the whole album there. Um, and then beyond that, if you still can't afford it, just let me know. I've I've got codes out the ass about uh, for free downloads. (laughs) Like I, I don't care. You can have it. Like I never made it to make money and thank God, because it's not like I'm, you know, raking it in, but it really was just one of these things like, Hey, I love this game. Do you guys like playing games too? And, and it, and as much as I joke in the beginning of like, Oh, it was my master plan to meet everybody in the D and D community. It's not a bad plan. (laughs) It, It has worked. I have gotten in touch with people who also enjoy, this game as much as I do so uh it's it's more of like hey listen to this if you want you know 
that's, but yeah. That's awesome. Although I also yeah. would recommend that if, if you can afford to buy it, you should, because I'm a big fan of, of, you know, having artists be paid for their work. So Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. I, I wouldn't mind that either. It, and I, 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 at this point, I'm still paying my producer back. He's down to like not make, he was down to make n- nothing, but I was like, ah, I know how much you work on this. So I'm still paying him back. I haven't really made any dollars for myself. You guys don't need to know that. doesn't matter. But, um, but he was the kind of the master behind all this. There, I don't even think there's a ukulele on the album because, like I said, I'm not good at ukulele. <laughs> I just I just use it to write the songs, and then he comes in and he oh my his name is Maxi Morales, and he and you can follow him on Twitter at the Maxi Morales. He's he's in uh, Buenos Aires. He's my sister's boyfriend, and he's a magician with music. You can you can just if you just listen to. Every single song sounds different because of what he's done. He he built every single orchestration from scratch, and he is a dream to work with. I I am so used to going emailing back no notes at this point because I there were no notes. I think one song I was like, hey, can this be different? You know, but other mm-hmm. than that, he like knew what I was going for. He made the Battle of Tarasque versus Catron a real rock song. I sent him a fucking ukulele. Me going, it's the Battle of Tarasque versus, and the ukulele is going dink a dook a dink a dook a dink dink dink. <laughs> and he was like, ah, oh, that's a rock song. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you heard the rock through the stupid ukulele. <laughs> And then he made it like a real, you know, electric guitar rock song. Oh, oh, and then the piano. He like wrote piano parts, which is, I, from my experience, making a song from a string instrument, like a guitar or a ukulele, into a piano song is absolutely insane to be able to hear what that is and make that, that transition. And as a show tunes album, which I didn't even know I, I was writing at the time, there is a lot of piano songs. There's a lot of songs that should be written as piano songs. And he, he made that change um, as if it was nothing. So I, I, he's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then I made him make a beat <laughs> for the rap song, You Don't Dress Up to Play D&D. I just sent him me rapping. And I'm like, I don't know what chords these are because I don't know. But uh, here you go. And he made a beat. It was amazing. I think I think you don't dress up to play D and D is my favorite of the album. So really, yeah, that's the next, that's the next music video I want to make. Ah, oh, sweet, <laughs> that's cool. So so it's a it's an album full of songs inspired by life as a as a gamer uh, and and D and D and whatever. But um, it, it feels like a lot of the messages and a lot of the themes are mm-hmm. being viewed through the lens of gaming but are not necessarily about gaming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- some of them absolutely are. Yes, you're so, right. They, so so how accessible do you think this is to maybe non-gamers to to get something out of? Uh I wish I could say that it would be, oh great, it's very accessible. Mm-hmm. You'll love it. Um no, I I mean this is definitely a niche album. I <laughs> th- there are there are a couple of songs on there that that transcend that. I think for one, I Kill Dragons kind of transcends, even though it's still in the genre, you still understand that this woman in this song is balancing her view of fantasy life with her real life mm-hmm. um, in a really fun, charming way. But and I think a lot of us do that anyway. Like I don't I'm not here. I'm in I'm I'm in the book I'm reading. Or I'm I'm way more into being on a, a superhero than 
that I've, I've been reading this comic book forever or I've, I've been seeing the show. I'd rather dress up as a superhero. It's the same idea there. So you could get a lot from there. And then one of my favorites is my own kingdom. And that's just a song about uh, belonging and, and not being able to belong. So kind of making a path for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one's not funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are a couple of them, but for the most part, it's, it's very nodded uh-huh. uh, a huge nod to D and D and some inside jokes for, for that. Yeah. Although as I, as I internalized, uh, my own kingdom, it really felt like, uh, the story of, you know, the one person who was moving away and leaving your group, you know, uh, yeah. uh, le- leaving your gaming group and everybody's sort of wishing them well and hoping that they can find a, a, a people to play with when they, when they leave. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I like that interpretation. Absolutely. So, um, you mentioned uh, I Kill Dragons. Uh-huh. Is that story based anywhere in reality? Have you ever gone into a job interview and told the, the interviewer <laughs> that you kill dragons or at a date or anything? That, that's a heightened version okay. of it. But yeah, there are, there are, I mean, it comes from, you know what it comes from is, is um, at this point it doesn't happen so much anymore, but even a couple of years ago to the point of, it was like, are you, you've got to be fucking kidding me that you don't know what this is yet. But I'd go on dates. I'd go on, people would just ask about my hobbies and I'd be like, yeah, I play D and D and they'd be like, what? And then they'd either immediately fall in love with me or think it was the weirdest thing in the world. And it was, it was just so bizarre. Their reaction. Like I could, if I had said, Oh, I, I give a shit a lot about fantasy baseball. They'd be like, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a huge deal to them in casting rooms and wherever I went if I said I played D&D they they made it this enormous thing so it's kind of it's kind of like a I don't know a satire on that like oh yeah do you think I'm you think I'm weird well check this out I really think I kill dragons I'm crazy um but and I would get a lot I'll tell you I got a lot more mileage mileage out of playing D&D on dates than I did at jobs like men were just like who are you I where do I put the ring um which was annoying in its own regard because I'm like I'm more than that I'm more than just this hobby but okay I guess you love me now um but yeah it's no it it, that was not from exactly real life Although you can imagine it, right? So. I 100% can. Like, the bridge goes, what do I say? If they ask me if this is real um, or if this is all in my head, uh, I know this is truer than anything I feel. And last time I checked, that dragon was dead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that, that to me is very much like, I don't know. I know it's not real. But at the same time, it's real to me. So who fucking cares? Yeah, yeah. I killed that dragon. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. So, yeah. so the 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 album throughout the the I guess it's ten songs, right? There's one of them that's on twice because there's an acoustic version of, of I'm coming into my own. <laughs> yeah. Um, the it, there's a a breadth of depiction of of gaming culture and geek culture uh, and geeks in general. Um, how do you, how do you feel about the way that you've depicted gamers throughout the songs? Um. Man, I I hope I did a good job. I mean, I hope no one's super offended. But my favorite nod to that is the DM's lament and what it's more like not to be a player, but what it's like to be a dungeon master. And I know for a fact that I've fallen, uh, I I know that I've made my dungeon master a victim of myself by doing some of these things in the dungeon master's lament song. Um, I think gamers as a culture are pretty self-deprecating at this point. We know that we're, you know, weird and, 
nerdy and uh, socially anxious and neurotic and a little too focused and passionate sometimes. Um, so, and I definitely feel that way about myself. So a lot of it is very tongue in cheeky, like self-deprecating humor about mm -hmm. about me as a gamer, and hopefully a lot of other people feel like that too. It's an, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm definitely saying, yeah, I'm like this. I'm weird. Um, I think we all are. <laughs> That's why I like us. So I, I hope I did a, a good job of that. I know my, I think my parents actually have a little bit better understanding of what we actually do too. Um, because they're always like, Amy's playing D and D whatever that means. And then that's kind of why I wrote, you don't dress up to play D and D. Um, except, you except, you, except you want to, I, I say, unless yeah. you want to yeah. like me, <laughs> <laughs> when you get where you, where you're going, I think is a really good example of like, actually there's some feels here. Like we're friends. We, we spend time at this gaming table together and it's more than that. Like we are, we've experienced stories and journeys and adventures together. And, uh, I mean, we, we really believe that we've been on them, you know, like we, we, we've done it. It's real for us. So, so when someone leaves, it's actually, yeah, that song is a, is a ballad. It's a sad song. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have Ode to Fortunia, which is just the sad, the most romantic, prettiest fucking song on the album, by the way, it is gorgeous, beautiful harmonies by Maxi. And it's about a character named Fortunia because you get those in gaming culture too. Sure. You, you do get to name your characters, whatever you want. So that actually did come from a chat. We we very misguidedly let chat name one of our characters, and they of course chose. Um, it was Queef and Fartunia, and I can't remember the last name, but it was equally horrendous. And so then I was like, "Oh yeah, you're going to name one of our characters that? Then I'm going to write a love song." <laughs> there you go. There you go. Perfect. So if people want to find out more, where should they go on the internet? Where should they look to find out more about Amy Vorpal and the uh, the album? Well, I, I, you can get the album on any of the digital download sites, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon MP3. You can also listen for free on Spotify, um, which is 100% fine. I totally support you doing that. And the, the other thing, um, always search for my name. There are a bunch of songs in the key of uh, titles. So songs in the key of D and D may not show up, but if you search my name on any of those sites, Amy Vorpal, you'll find it. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Vorpal Sword. You cannot find me on Facebook because not because I don't love you; it's because I'm not on Facebook and I don't love it. Very good. And Vorpal is V O R P A H L. Yes, there's that there's that sneaky H sneaky stuck right H, before the which, L, which is her real name, and you can hear all about it on the Gamer to Gamer <laughs> episode that we recorded. Yes, we get into, we go into detail on that. That's right. But thanks for All listening, right. guys. Yeah, well, thanks for joining me, and thanks for talking about uh, songs in the key of D&D. Yes, if, if any of you listen and you, you happen to like it, please let me know. I, I, I really do just did it for, like, this hobby turned into this bigger-than-life thing, and I'd love to hear I'd love to hear if you like it. If you don't like it, I don't fuck it. Just keep it to yourself. I, I can't <laughs> deal with that right now. <laughs> no negative feedback. <laughs> no thanks. That's very good. Yeah. That's the end of the episode. I want to thank our sponsor, Noble Knight. I also want to thank Aaron Good for joining us. Aaron, if people want to find you on the internet, how can they, how can they find you? Where can they, where will you be? Uh, so if you want to talk to me about, like, 
music stuff or D&D stuff or uh, pretty much anything, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at T-Bone That's at T-B-O-N-E underscore D-O-O-G. Yeah, we, we didn't uh, – like I mentioned that you were a musician in your own right, but we didn't let you uh, like – give your your music cred uh wh- why would people want to talk to you about music tell us the story uh so well, i don't know why, why people would want to talk to me about music <laughs> uh but uh i've so i guess my little quick little bio uh, i've been gaming for like eight or nine years uh, and i'm currently living in toronto canada uh pursuing a career of freelance music making uh via my trombone Right on. There you go. Uh, yeah, currently uh, finishing up my Master's of Performance at the University of Toronto. So ah, excellent. They've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Well, and and I thoroughly enjoyed talking to talking to about music with you tonight. So uh, so other people might as well. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you guys. Thanks so much for <laughs> having right. me on. I also want to thank Amy Vorpal for joining us. Uh, you can find her website. I think she mentioned it in the interview, but go to amyvorpal.com. Remembering that Vorpal has an H uh, towards the end there, um, and that'll get you to to her bio and info and whatever, as well as uh, her work over at the uh, Saving Throw channel on YouTube. And she also does work, as I mentioned, on the uh, Geek and Sundry channel on YouTube as well. So... Um, those are places where you can find Amy. Uh, and I also want to support all of you for supporting the show, either by shopping from our affiliate links when you use Amazon or DMs Guild, or by supporting us at patreon.com slash show, like Stephen Robertson, Jeremiah McCoy, Robert Aducci, Matt Bible, Doug Palmer, and Mark Dew. Thanks for the support, y'all. So if you would like to get in touch with us and uh, send us a message, you can contact us at thetomeshow at gmail.com or the famous... I should say world famous uh, Tome Show Hotline nine one nine B I Z T O M E. That's B I Z T O M E. Leave us a message. We'll get the really strange message from Google that tries to uh, transcribe it into words, and sometimes it's pretty funny. Anyway, that is episode. <laughs> that is episode two eight seven, where we belted out a raucous tune in this episode of the Tome. The Tome. The Tome. The Tome. The Tome. I traded that sword for a foolhardy whip, which allowed me to put up with exactly zero. I'm on the wall.